0: back to politics in hawaii with dennis isaki on think tech hawaii today we'll be speaking with mauna kea trask a fourth generation native hawaiian attorney on hawaiian issues he is a practicing attorney on Kauai in the areas of environmental law and mitigation land use zoning and entitlements He is a graduate of kamehameha school University of Hawaii Law School and uh, has been a county attorney, uh, been a prosecuting attorney, worked with a public defender's office, and clerked for judges in the first and fifth circuit courts. Among other public service, he has served on the Hawaii Nihau Burial Council. Monakia, welcome to politics in Hawaii. How is that? Good to see you. See. please tell us about your passion on Native Hawaiian issues, starting with that.
1: Sure. Um, basically, just was raised in it. I, um, you know, given my family's history and involvement in Native Hawaiian issues and rights, it was just something that I was, you know, raised to do and brought up around.
0: Yeah, I know you are. You get families that your aunt is on the Board of Trustees?
1: Yeah. um, So my grandfather was Arthur Kaukohutras Sr. His brother was uh, Bernard Trask, and his daughters, Mililani, Hananike. Um, And I mean, there's all kinds, though, multi generations. Yeah. You know, picked it up today. My cousin's a big island like that. Yeah,
0: thanks. You've been associated with the film Fishing Porno. Can you tell us about that?
1: Oh yeah, that was uh, a film project uh, produced by Terry Tico. And it was just basically about uh, Uncle Mac Poi Poi and what he did at Moomomi on Moloka'i. And um, it was a small documentary, but really explored the good work that he did and um, you know the Moloka'i community did in their uh, protecting their resource.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to movie industry or something.
1: I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, let's uh, go to uh, HHL Department of Hawaiian Homelands. I guess we're uh, getting some uh, discussion in the legislature and funding for Hawaiian issues. Uh, Uh, Can you tell us your thoughts on the Department of Wynome land, if they can do things differently, provide more housing?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So, you know, as you know, and and it's, it's been said uh, throughout this legislative session, there were two main bills that sought to allocate to OHA their 20 percent share of the public land trust revenues um and they're still advocating for that right now and that's been you know the result of decades of litigation and legislation since about the 2000s and um currently i think you know actually i got the numbers here if if you'll forgive me Yeah, so annual PLT revenue is about 394 million. So that means OHA's share would be 78.9 million, and currently they're receiving 15.1. So out of the 20%, instead they're getting about 3.8, and so that would go to, you know, given to OHA as trustee for the betterment of the Hawaiian people, and then DHHL and OHA. I mean, you know, they're they're separate agencies, but they are related, OHA, the way I see it is more the administrative and financial kind of arm of whatever is the Hawaiian government right now. Um, And DHHL is the land, the corpus and the body. So it would be great if they could work together uh, somehow. And as far as your your first question goes, that's a big one, I think. a lot's been written about it and a lot's been discussed. I definitely, certainly don't want to criticize today. That's not why I'm here. But I mean, arguably the Department of Hawaiian Homelands has had a real hard time since its inception. Um, You know, part of it was to facilitate Hawaiians returning to their land, preserving their self-determination, cultural values, and also to I mean, it was horse trading, right? What, what The Hawaii Homes Commission Act is a result of Congress. And so you have sugarcane interests at the time were lobbying to keep their land leases and, and all that kind of, um, you know, the disputes and history regarding that. So I, I definitely think DHHL could do more. Um, I don't know if if they can given the current, you know, structure of it, but I don't think that's necessarily the fault of the department. Or any one in particular. It's it's systemic, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I think one of the differences with OHA and uh, DHHL is uh, DHHL, at least on the uh, initial last they gotta have fifty percent uh, blood quantum, right? And OH, there's no minimum requirement, right?
1: Well, great point. So originally. I think um, the number was Prince Kuhio wanted 132nd Hawaiian in order to qualify for end, and they settled on 50. I know there was a push to make it hundred, but I mean, even 1920s, hundred was maybe a couple of, <laughs> of Ni'ihau, Moloka'i, you know? Uh, wainiha maybe. Um, yeah. But OHA is no blood quantum. I think it's more consistent with the native Hawaiian culture and how we view ourselves. And it's just, if you have an ancestor, you can trace the 1777, you know, you're good to go.
0: Um, yeah, but there's a push to reduce that, right? It, was there a resolution or something?
1: Yeah, and, and for the years they've been trying to do that. And I think that's good because one of the problems of DHHL may be it's, it's limited uh, reach and extent, like for me, it's hard to quantify, but let's say I'm around, I'm around a quarter. So I can't get land. So I have to buy normal property, and I pay my mortgage to the bank and all that. I would love to get Hawaiian homelands and pay mortgage that could benefit other Native Hawaiians. Maybe I could pay it to DHHL and they could flip it and use it to support, you know, other. Native Hawaiian people and their interests. When you look socioeconomically, Hawaiians are at the bottom of the of the ladder in Hawaii, and so even even beyond that, those Hawaiians that are 50% tend to be even lower, you know. And and to build a a, a program, self-sustaining program on that portion of a population that's just been so historically marginalized and subject to injustice it, it makes it very difficult to make it work i think
0: um yeah that could be the reason why that 50 or so lots and on although it was developed roads constructed lands all cleared utilities put in over five years ago have not been awarded i understand it's, it's, uh, going to be awarded like real soon now. But it's set for, I think it's about five years. Um, I don't know if it's because of the uh, qualification. If if PJ Child builds the home, they got to pay. The land is basically free or a dollar a year, but they got to pay for the houses, right?
1: yeah you know i'm not specifically aware of, of that you know what the details are on, on that project but yeah there's a lot of a lot of issues that they got to deal with and it's too bad because there's over two hundred thousand acres and i think if the department could figure out how to make it work better our representative in congress could assist at that level you could do huge um there could, there could be huge gains in addressing the housing crisis. You know, a lot of the people without houses and homeless are Native Hawaiian. And there's a lot, there's land, there's water. I mean, you know, the limits of development is largely water and DHHL has their specific allocation of the public trust. So there's a lot of opportunity there, but not a lot of execution, I mean, as a matter of fact.
0: You know, one interesting thing about DHHL properties uh, with regards to the lessees, Uh, the Kaua'i County Council uh, they made it so they don't have to pay any real property tax to their Hawaiians, not on the land, not on the, because it's not theirs, not even on the houses. I think the other counties tax their houses, you know. But the thing is, what about the other Native Hawaiians, 50% or even 100% if they're not on the Our land, they gotta pay property tax, so that kind of doesn't make sense. To kind of interesting.
1: Oh yeah, I love I love to pay less tax.
0: Yeah, no, but you know, like they don't have to pay if they're over there, but then you gotta pay, right?
1: Oh yeah, well that's and that's the thing, you know, getting into more deep into the the sovereignty discussion. um, You know, with the with the lands it's really, it's L's corpus. And so they don't have to follow. I mean, they do require in their own rules, you you comply with building codes and county zoning, but they don't have to, they can do their own. But um, as far as being Hawaiian and getting separate treatment, that, that can't be done until there's federal recognition, you know, which is a whole nother issue. Yeah, I understand that. But um sort of thing,
0: the county, you know, it's a county issue that, you know, <laughs> Whether they get a pay tax or not. The point is, if you don't, if you're not fortunate enough to get a HHL uh, lease, then you doubly, I don't know doubly penalized, but you got to pay tax, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, in that regard, yeah. that kind of touches on the Kalima case, right? Yeah. So that's one of the issues is that if you were otherwise qualified, but you couldn't get property. Yeah. Uh, And you had to pay mortgage, you had to pay, you know, like everybody else, because you couldn't have access to land, you're supposed to get a portion of the settlement. I I don't know what it is, but they're they're moving towards that right now.
0: Okay. Um, Okay. Uh, What about the, uh, you know, what OHA is working on right now or...
1: Yeah, I think um, well, they're they're doing they're advocating strongly for their twenty percent at the ledge this year. Um, I did some. I looked at it last night. I think um, what is it? SB. There were two SB twenty one, twenty two, and SB twenty twenty one. SB twenty twenty one, Senate draft one, House draft two's got legs and. Um, Currently, it's been uh, the House sent it back with some amendments, Senate disagreed with the amendments, and Senate conferees were uh, were appointed. So we'll see how that goes. And then OHA, for the past couple of years, they've been going through their own kind of reevaluation and trying to, you know, at least... What they say, sharpen the program and improve it, which is always good. I mean, we can always do better, you know, in 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 our goals and missions in life.
0: So, uh, can you elaborate on the those bills that you mentioned?
1: Well, sure. So, um, yeah, again, going back to the public land trust. So. The Hawaiians are supposed to get 20%, and um, they never have gotten it. And so Lingle made a deal back in 2006, I believe. They were to get about $15 a year, and it's never changed. So the the legislature right now is looking to set that and and distribute it. And so right now, the current draft of Senate Bill 2021 – I'm reading from my notes, so I apologize, but it establishes um, OHA's pro-rata share of the monies derived from the public land trust, establishes a working group to determine that share of income and the proceeds of the public land trust and back amounts due, And it appropriates funds from the carry forward trust holding account to OHA. And so we'll see where that goes.
0: Okay, so if there's an agreement or legal uh, right to get the money, so uh, why aren't they getting the money from the state?
1: I don't know. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think, I mean, there's always things, right, that the the state has to look yeah. at, but And they have to look at everybody. That's part of the difficulty with being wards of the state is Hawaiians are subject to the state legislature. And so if you were to take Hawaiians out of it, maybe it'd be different, maybe it'd be better.
0: Yeah, okay, Um, well, one of the questions is, uh, are the Hawaiian native Hawaiians like the uh, uh, Native American Indians,
1: yeah, that's a good question. I mean, yes. I think practically and historically, um, Native Americans were the indigenous people of the continent of the United States. And um, the constitution recognizes that Congress shall have the power to make treaties with native tribes is the term of art. But of course, over time, they're like first nation people. I think they're called now. And similarly, um, Native Hawaiians are are the indigenous people of Hawaii, and that is recognized in HRS 10H, which is state recognition of Native Hawaiians. And but but there's there is disagreement. A lot of Native Hawaiians in the Native Hawaiian community do not consider themselves tribes. It was a uh, independent, sovereign nation. There was agreements and treaties between the Kingdom of Hawaii and, I mean, numerous European states and America, treaties of friendship, reciprocity, all this kind of stuff. And um, that is an important distinction, but I do think that, you know, semantics aside from the 18th and 19th century, Native Hawaiians should be afforded the same recognition as Native Americans currently they aren't at the federal level. So I would answer that question specifically, they are, Native Hawaiians are not like Native Americans because Native Americans are recognized. So they can Uh, have their own land. They got their own police force. They don't deal with the state government. They're separate nations. They're nations within the nation of, you know, America, United States.
0: Okay, can we continue on this, Tero? We'll take a short
1: break. Sure, sure.
0: Hey, welcome back to Think Take Hawaii with Mauna Kea Trask. Uh, Mauna Kea, uh, can you please continue on the federal recognition of Hawaiians?
1: Sure, so yeah, just wrapping up that question as far as whether Native Hawaiians are just like Native Americans, because of the lack of federal recognition, they are not, I don't think. And that's why you see Native Americans um, you know, they they, they, dis, they define their own tribal status. So you may or may not have to have any blood quantum. A lot of them don't. They have their own property. They can gamble on it if they want. And um, they really have self-determination and control at the federal level. We don't. And that's why, for example, Rice v. Cayetano, although the state constitution says only Hawaiians can vote in an Ohio election, the Supreme Court said because effectively there's no federal recognition, the Hawaiian only preference is illegal discrimination based on race or other suspect class. So if we were to get federal recognition, we could we'd be recognized as a political class and not a racial one. And we'd be subject to different, right? You know, we wouldn't be subject to state regulation necessarily, we could define it. But that's, the Hawaiian community can't this, the, uh, agree on that or Really proceed forward with it, so there's difficulties there.
0: Yeah, I right. I recall uh, Clayton He at that time he was with OHA. They went up to Washington to discuss that, and I guess like you said, they, they said that everybody gets to vote on uh, in OHA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's difference of opinions in. Uh, federal recognition, even even at the Santa Cacas time, right? There was, it was not, nothing happened on that. And you mentioned they got different uh, point groups or thoughts. Uh, you, you think the uh, uh, the Al-Ami syndrome, Alamihi <laughs> or the Black crab syndrome, got anything to do in here?
1: Ah, you're getting me in trouble. Um, Real quick, I I don't think so. I think that, you know, Native Hawaiians are people too. And we're not, uh, like any community or population, we don't all agree on everything. I think it's unfair to say so. And so I don't necessarily think it's a, you know, it's a crab in a bucket deal. But I do think that it's, it's, um it's kind of a ploy because you look at america right it's not purple it's blue and red pretty much down the middle and it's getting harder and so to, to require hawaiians to all agree on one position where americans don't have or you know non-hawaiians don't have to maybe that's not the fairest standard um in my in my opinion
0: PD that uh, has come to light in many Projects in many situations have uh, been uh, looked at it from both sides. Some guys, the developers, say it's hindering things. Some guys say, you know, we're not doing enough. Uh, you had any thoughts on SHPD?
1: Um, yeah, I think. Um, well, first off, I, I I do know people in SHPD. And I work with them all the time. And I'd like to acknowledge that because, I, you know, I may not be unbiased, but I think they do a great job. They're they're a very limited office. They have limited funding. You maybe got a handful of people that got to do every single project review statewide. I mean, from big to small, everything. So it's, it's a very difficult job. And I don't even know if it's doable given what they have to do. And, um, so they, you know, they do their review, they make their call. I think they make it, you know, the best they can according to their professional training. And people will disagree on both sides. It's impossible to make everyone happy. And I think that, you know, it's they they do land use review and projects for entitlements. And the difficult thing is that's where you see a lot of the the Hawaiian activism and concerns focus. They go to the Planning Commission. They go to the LUC. And really, aside from protecting traditional customary rights and ensuring the continuity of of those, it's not a venue to talk about native wine sovereignty generally, the in- historical injustices or anything. And that's what you see a lot of that. I know you've seen it, you know, I've seen it. and so um, if you're if you're in that that room on that day at that time, you're gonna get you know, caught up in the current. And, um, and if there's big waves, you're going to get pounded. Yeah,
0: that, um, you know, not that I get anything against anybody in there or on the other side, and uh, not even with activism, but I've seen, uh, to put it like, they got more than one bite at the apple, you know, you do one, one uh, project, They say, okay, you got to do this. And then they come back and do something else on the same piece of land. Say, we want, now we want more, more. uh, You know, just a specific example you split split a lot in half, you got to do something. So you get to do an historic easement or something. They go in and combine it back together they did say oh yeah we'll make it bigger now just because we can it seems like that sometimes i don't know
1: yeah that's a I mean, that's a good point and i you know when i was at county I, I dealt a lot with hawaiian issues you know mayor carvalho was very attentive to him he was very you know sympathetic and that's good i think all policymakers should be um you have to acknowledge what Native Hawaiians have to deal with, um, both collectively and individually, and um, I mean a lot of it has to do with, I think primarily, a lot of the Hawaiian activists speak straight from the mouth. You know, it's they they feel it in their guts, and that's what they're going from. But interestingly enough, I mean, if you if you look at, um, you know, those figures in 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 the community that are just beyond question. So you got like David Malo, Samuel Kamakau, if you read their books, and um, they say really interesting things about it. So for example, in Kamauolelo Hawaii, which was written 1835, um, David Malo, in talking about oral traditions and everything, he says that, um, you know, we know by experience that the Na'au is the most deceitful of all things. And so, which is really interesting now, especially in social media and and really people coming at an emotional level. I guess where I'm going with this is, you know, when a project starts with entitlements, it's maybe five, 10 years until they break ground. And so you have a whole different generation of activism. So I think that's why you see one group being consulted and they get in their input. And then five, 10 years later, you'll see the, the young, the next generation come up. And when the dozers come, they show up. And a lot of that is education, it's training. And I think, you know, if, maybe if OHA gets that 20%, they could put that towards educating Hawaiians and civics and teaching them how to, you know, be more savvy in the development process. Because, you know, me and you, I mean, we're from Koi. We were, we went through Iniki. And so when I look at it, if a building goes up, I don't see it as losing anything because hurricane comes gonna wipe it out anyway. I mean, you know, we're all one lava flow, one one storm away from 1777. So we just got to keep fighting, keep moving on.
0: I remember you saying something like that after a flood or something, you know, after uh, we met at Boineha with uh, Mayor Cavallo and I remember you telling the guys all the good. This coastal ocean will get wiped out someday.
1: Oh yeah. and you know his I mean, traditionally, Hawaiians never own land, right? Our power was yeah. access it. And so I don't care who pays a million dollars for the paper as long as you know we got the rights. and so as long as we know them and use them accordingly and and responsibly, I think that you know we will keep having moves and um, you know, the Konani game will go on.
0: Okay, we get only a really short time left. maybe a, just a short, short brief uh, thought on the uh, Kapakai analysis.
1: Yeah, so Kapakai is, you know, it was 2000, uh, what was it? I think it's 2011. Oh, I'm sorry, September 11, 2000. So the Supreme Court came up with a test to help evaluate How to protect and identify traditional customary rights so essentially you have to identify whether any uh, rights exist identify the extent in which they are exercised. identify the extent to which those rights and resources may be affected or impaired by the development and specify feasible action, if any, to be taken to protect those rights and it's really just trying to figure out how to make that work and practically speaking, because. Basically, you're going to have it come before a commission of, you know, seven to nine lay people who want to do the best they can. And it's complicated stuff. Uh, You deal with a room of 15 to 30, you know, distraught people who sincerely uh, articulate a concern. Um, You're not going to take that lightly. And so it's, it's another test to assist. But like anything I think um, it's creating its own issues and difficulties, and so we just keep it on keep doing the best we can.
0: yeah I think the, the county uh, is kind of like putting more emphasis on that now or you know looking more into it and having people. have uh, more into it. Um, but maybe. We're discussing on this later, we're running out of time. So any uh, last words?
1: No, I just thank you so much for the opportunity, yeah. Dennis. Happy to speak with you and uh, yeah. look forward to it again.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, continue this. There's a lot more to talk about. Yeah, thanks for your time. Mahalo to our guests, Mauna Kea Trask, and mahalo to the viewers on ThinkTech Hawaii. If you like the ThinkTech free media shows, please help support this nonprofit platform with a donation. Aloha, ahuiho, malama pono.